Today we are broadcasting from Nipaluna Lutrawita. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this land and elders past, present and emerging. We extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us this morning. The feel-good way to start your day. Woody and Tubes. How about what elderly, or no, I'd like to say our best vintage people. Old people. No. They're not listening to this. They can't get the podcast. <laughs> Morning, Mum. Afternoon, Mum. Oh, she listens, does she? No, she's Happy been trying to, she's been trying to download the listener app oh. for about <laughs> a year. <laughs> Yeah, and I keep her. saying, I'll help you today, Mum, but I don't want her to hear some of it. Well, we, you do talk some absolute smack about your poor mum. Oh, no, I don't. Mum, you should. Mum comes across as this like five foot four, innocent little church going woman. She's great. And the things that come out of her mouth when she's watching Married at First Sight. We've got time for this. Would shock you. It would we be got shocking. Time for this. But do you think you get to an age. Where you become the parent of your parents. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Or are you at that yet with your mum and uh, your dad? No, not with mum. Maybe with dad. Dad's been, he's a lost cause for a long time, I Marcus. Think, do they get to a point and they no, just go, who gives a shit? Yeah, I think I think who after cares? being patient for, well, I'm I'm there now. I've been patient for 40 years. I don't care anymore. Really? About <laughs> yeah. anything? No, nah, nothing. Mum. Except I, for my kids. I was saying this on the, Aaron. in the show today, but... Mum's just like a teenager. She's coming home at all hours. Don't know where she's been, who she's been with. Oh. She's at Eastlands every day. Must Is she one of the ones, the troublemakers, hanging in the mall? Nice. <laughs> Must be nice. Uh, we also talked to Alistair Clarkson. Oh, no, we didn't. No, no. Cut that He's, bit, Rhea. No, cut that, Rhea. We did talk to him, <laughs> but he's on the show tomorrow, tomorrow. because we ran out of time. Yeah, you know why a, we ran out of time? Because you it, went on a bit, no. just like now. Here's what you missed. <laughs> this is Woody and Tubes. Good morning, Hobart. Good morning, Tassie. Good morning. We are live right across Tasmania on the listener app, L-I-S-T-N-R. Huge show. I don't even know where to begin. So we've got the, I'll just have to begin. But the yeah, proclaimers. Start if you start. Whoa. What? That's not the beginning. That's, That's huge. That's the end. What tickets? You know, I would walk 500 miles. Oh, they are legitimately one of my mum's favourite bands. Good morning, Colleen. Mum, we're talking to one of the Proclaimers. In fact, we're talking to Charlie from the Proclaimers. That'll make mum happy because I think Charlie's her favourite. I would take my mum to see them because they're going to be performing in Hobart and we've got your tickets to it coming up. In the show, I would like to take my mum, but I can't trust that she wouldn't throw a bra on stage. <laughs> and that's if she's wearing one that day. I she wouldn't. Can do, she can do I'm whatever you, she wants. Something mate. happens when they get older, and I've turned into the parent. I don't. I, I think you've got to stop judging your mum on whether or not she wears a bra. You come around then when she's in a see-through cotton top. It's fine. It's her life. She's well, done well. She's raised three children. Still raising them. <laughs> That is actually true. I am living on her couch. Just, oh, the things of, I don't know if anyone's had to move back home because of circumstance. I'd love to hear from you, one triple three five three. My point is. And this is the thing. She'll come in at 11 o'clock at night. I'm in bed. I'm like, where have you been? No text. Didn't know if you were coming home. Didn't know if you were safe. 
Didn't know if you'd had a couple and you were trying to drive. Yeah, well, but you'd hope not. At least just a message and to whether, know where and, you've been. And whether she has a bra on or not in those circumstances is none of your business. I told you the other day she went Facebook Live by accident so in funny. the bath. That's so funny when people do that. That is really, really good. My brother got a notification. He was mortified. I don't, I don't think he'll ever recover. <laughs> he just won't. Anyway, so the Proclaimers are joining us. The Proclaimers are here. Alice D. Clarkson. Oh, huge. Huge show. North Melbourne coach. Do you know he travelled the world looking at stadiums last year? Must be nice. Um, I want to ask him about that because he is very obviously in support of a stadium. And he is very much in support of a team yeah. for Tasmania. Uh, plus, the man who we're going to hear this morning... From the man, this is before seven, the man who grew a penis on his arm. What? No. What? Why would you drop that at the at the start of the show? That's not news. It is news. He a poor thing, because his his penis fell off, right, Tazzy? Fell off. It just fell off just one day. Fell off. It just fell off. Well that's that's and a so story. Just, now that's a story. I told you this. Man's it, penis just falls off. Wait till you hear from him though. So they put it on his they grafted it onto his arm to grow another one, but then COVID happened. So he was walking around with his floppy penis on his arm, whacking people in the face. Wow, come on. Incredible story. Come on, come that is on coming now. Up. Tessa Randello from our Triple M Hobart newsroom in the studio. Morning, Tessa. Good morning. We were talking about this earlier in the week, teachers, and an offer was made. Is that correct? Because we understand they're struggling with support and obviously pay. Yeah, so an offer was made from the state government on Monday, so the 27th of Feb, but we have just gotten a letter from the Australian Education Union saying basically saying that they will take strike action if they don't get the help that they need. So I've not... got it right here. Okay. You want to read it? Yeah. Ready. Dear Premier and Minister, that is Minister of Education and Youth, Roger Yench, record numbers of teachers are leaving the profession due to excessive workloads and lack of support. Enough is enough. Teachers shouldn't have to beg for the support students need and the support we need to keep the teachers in the profession. Teachers shouldn't have to take stop work action to win the in-class support our students need, but we will... And the deadline is today. That's from David Genford, the president of the Australian Education Union Tasmania branch. That was released last night. Yes, that came out yeah, yesterday. yesterday. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, we're trying to get in touch with the Education Union to see what's going on now and see if the government kind of comes to the table with more in-class support and, and better pay because that's really, that's all they're asking for. They just want more help with the large amount of kids that we're seeing. And we're seeing bigger and bigger classrooms because there's not as many teachers. And also kids learn differently. Exactly. We know that much more now than when I was at school just a couple of years ago. And we know that there it, is a there is a ultimate number of children that works in a classroom. Mm-hmm. So there's a peak level of number of kids versus teachers that works for the benefit of students. And we know there are a lot of kids, like you were saying, Woody, out there that do require extra support. And those kids not only need the extra support, they deserve it. Oh, absolutely. And every kid needs a good education because they are the future of this country. They are. They absolutely are. This is where this is where all issues for for our future get resolved in childhood education. Education between the ages of 3 and 18. That's where all of our socioeconomic issues come from. That's where all of our social issues come from is the education. We need 
proper education for all of our children. Yeah, we'll put a call into the teachers' union as well. We'll follow that story closely along with you, Tessa Randello. From our Triple M Hobart newsroom, thank you. Thank you. It's Triple M Breakfast. The owners of the Fall Festival site are selling. Yeah. After 17 years of Falls Festival. Did you go to Falls Festivals? Yeah, I actually went to one. I went to 2000. I can't remember whether it was into 2005 or into 2006. I went to one of those. Good time. It's a real good time. I had a real good time down there. Uh, yeah, that's a sale, the, the site. That's a yeah. beautiful site. Beautiful site. Did you also see... David Walsh owns land right near that or adjacent to it, I think. He'll probably buy it. He'll probably snap that up. Yeah. Put Monophoma down there or something. Or Dark Mofo. That'd yeah. be all right down there at Marion Bay. Beautiful spot. It is. Did you also see... I got an email yesterday saying mm. that the Margate train oh. is for sale. I knew you would. If you had the money, you'd buy that, wouldn't you? you yeah, love probably. Trains. Pancake parlor in there. That'd be all right. Oh, that's good. What? So, is it just the train, or is the train on the land? The train and the land, the whole bit of it. It's really cool. I, like, if I had the money, actually, I've got a story about the Margate train. I went to the Margate train to have someone told me there was a pancake eating competition. You spent oh, of course. it was forty forty two dollars or something like that, and it was a six stack pancake. And if you could eat it within an hour. You got it for free. So I'm like, oh, I could do that for sure. What I didn't realise, I'd never eaten a banana in my life. Just don't like bananas. No, I'm the same. No, just not a fan of bananas. Don't understand them. Got down there to the Margate train and they brought out this thing and guess how many bananas <laughs> were in this pancake stack? Oh, if it's one, it's one too many, mate. Uh, guess how many there were? Six. There were six bananas. So I went from having zero bananas in my life to six in one sitting. The question is, though, did you get it for free? No. I I couldn't handle the bananas. Bananas are terrible. That's the end of the story. <laughs> then I found 10 bucks. Always end a story like that. It goes nowhere. This is Woody and Tubes. Well, there's some news out from our Return Services League mm. that they are opposed to a stadium due to its close proximity to the Cenotaph here in Hobart. Our Triple M newsroom caught up with the CEO, John Hardy, from RSL Tasmania, and this is what he had to say about the stadium and its current location. The Hobart Cenotaph, you know, it's stood for nearly 100 years. Uh, it commemorates our great island state, and the never-ending fight for justice and freedom. freedom. Uh, you know, w- without sounding corny, it's not meant to be corny. You know, when our forefathers put that cenotaph there, they knew exactly what they were doing. It's it's not by chance. It's put in a premier position on the island, and it's the gatekeeper for southern Tasmania as you come into that harbour. And it basically says to the world that, you know, Tasmania will stand up and be counted. I think... The problem why we've got to this stage is because we have engaged with state government and they have engaged with us, but we've only received the public information that everybody else has received. So the questions that remain the same for us stay the same, and that is that we don't know how big it's going to be, so we don't know its physical footprint on the ground, or, you know, how round it is, what the length is. We don't know uh, how tall it's going to be. So we have no idea whether this is going to be an eight-storey building, a 12-storey building, or a 14-storey building. So it's very difficult to support something that we know nothing about. We support the AFL fully. We would love an AFL team here. Uh, we think the AFL is great. In the same way that the Jack Jumpers have done so much for Tasmania, we think the AFL would do the same. So this isn't an AFL question, not for a second. We've been 
pushed into a corner where we've had to support or otherwise something that we don't know enough about. That would be sacrosanct. The forefathers that built that cenotaph would want us to know everything about that stadium before we said yes. That was John Hardy, the CEO of RSL Tasmania, outlining why the 49 sub-branches of the Return Services League in Tasmania are united against putting a stadium at Macquarie Point because they haven't seen any more information than any of us I've spoken with newsrooms, I've spoken with people on the ground. Everyone that I ask doesn't seem to totally understand the business plan or or what's happening and where it's happening and how big it's... But then when we speak to the Premier... He's basically said it is happening, right? And that's exactly why I'm shocked at what we had the Premier on yesterday. Jeremy Rockliffe was in the studio. We asked him this question. Let's say the federal government come out and say, yep, you've got your $240 million, Jeremy Rockliffe. When can we see shovels in the ground at Macquarie Point? Well, first I'd say that's fantastic. Thank you, federal government, for that amount of money. And you've provided Queensland with $2.5 billion. That puts that or more, so that puts that into context. And I'd like to... Well, there'll be planning, um, and I'd like to see shovels in the ground. Uh, if possible, 2024 would be my aim. That is... Next year, 2024, actually. that's next year. Shovels in the ground next year. I'll tell you what. If you've got a planning issue in the government with local government, whatever council you're in, talk to Premier Jeremy Rockliffe because he's going to have a stadium starting to be built by next year. We haven't seen drawings. We haven't seen a plan. We haven't seen anything. I'm just... I'm a little frustrated as to why this has been held over our head. We've got a stadium over in Bell Reeve where you can play AFL. You can do it. They've done it for years. man that pushed a peanut up a massive mountain with his nose, broke a record. That's not new. Ended up in hospital for attempting to bottle and sell her bodily gas. <laughs> That's not new. No, wait, I'm not finished. <laughs> Last year in what I think was a Tasmanian first, we broke the story about a man who was growing a penis on his arm after it fell off. We have an update. I don't know. I, look, I struggle with this because I'm not sure it fell off. It did. Malcolm is his name. Big Mal. What happened? Or Little Mal. We're going to hear from him in a minute. Malcolm tried to pop a cyst in his nether what? region. Oh. And then it got infected. His penis turned... his sister. Oh. <laughs> Tubes. Gross. He went to the bathroom. His, teen, his penis went black and it fell off. Oh, dear. So then what he did, he went to a guy. A new penis was created for him. A by, new one? Yeah. From scratch. Didn't realise he could... Sub them in and sub them out. Yeah, no. So this guy, Professor David Ralph at London. Sorry, let me get his full name, just in case. Professor. I need a different one. Professor. Yep. But oh, David, I got that one. Yep. Ralph. Ralph. Okay. From London's. Do you University. have a phone number or a website that I could? What he did was he made a new penis out of the flesh from Malcolm's arm, oh. and eventually, what he said is, he'll be able to have sex again. Because when it's reattached, he'll have a pump in his scrotum and he'll fill it with saline solution. So this is, like, pretty revolutionary. So what they've done, though, is because it needed to grow, the penis, they've attached it to his arm. This was over six years ago. Six years? And then... You're walking around with a willy on your arm. Well, yeah, he said it was... What part of his arm? 
like up up the top here. Is it hidden like, like here, inside the forearm? Of the, the forearm. Yeah. I've got nice forearms, but I'm That's not sure I want a Johnson attached to it. He said it was hard when he went for Christmas dinners. I and bet it was hard. He would hug his nana and slap her in the face with his willy. Oh dear! Come on. No, he did, and he said, "But if you can't laugh at that." Then what are you doing here? You know, so he's he's looked at the happier side of it, I guess. Yeah. He also said he learnt to hold darts, so he'd put the darts in between his willy and his forearm. Yeah. And he'd use that to what? as like a little storage. He could, yeah, because it worked like a little claw. What, or like an extra claw. finger, extra finger, big claw. But this is what happened, right? But then COVID hit, and when COVID uh. hit. His operation, the poor guy, it got delayed. We have exclusive audio of a call that he made to the doctor's surgery about wanting to get the penis off his arm. Your penis start going black, your toes start going black. Penis went black. I went to the toilet and it fell off. Your, your penis fell off? Oh, gone. See you. <laughs> gone. Why did you help me? I've been waiting for the operation. Six years of it stopped with a penis on my arm. Malcolm McDonald, you put a penis on my arm and it's still here. Can you imagine six years of your life with a penis swinging on your arm? I'll cut it off soon. I've had enough. I want this penis off my arm, please. So... Uh, of course he does. Of course he wants it off his arm. Anyway, so now, after six and Hello, something... Governor. Willie's on my arm here. Need to cut it off, please. That's it, Oh, dear. I wouldn't be doing... Wasn't a bad I wouldn't be doing accents on radio, to be honest. All right. So What's now, I've got a sausage on my arm here. I'm going to cut it off in a minute. After all this time, it has now been reattached. Oh, and a good news story. He will. It will be in working order at some point. Is that not the most incredible story ever? Uh, it's pretty loose. Yeah. We should pop up some of the uncensored footage up on the. You're um, using a lot of innuendo words here. What? Pop up. <laughs> oh, it's get your mind out of there. What are we, three? Yeah. <laughs> this is Woody and Tunes. It's Triple M Breakfast with Woody and Tunes. Trish, hi. Hello. You're calling from Alan's Rivulet. I am. What are you calling for, Trish? Um, an alliance bar. Oh, goodness me. Have you had one before? I don't know. No, I haven't. <gasps> Okay, Trish. And you're, you're Tasmanian? I am. Okay. If anyone doesn't know, Tubes... An Alliance Bar is the most delicious thing I've ever put in my mouth. It used to be at Zepps. Zepps closed down. The manager of Zepps, Chris Rigby, brought me about 22. I ate all of those. Then he brought another 16 into the office here because he heard Woody going on about how I ate 22 of them. And now Woody's forcing me to give them all away. So, Trish, I think we've like left one. out the part about me going on. <laughs> A bit, because that went on for a while. Up hey, until this point, mm. can I just ask Trish, what is the best thing you've ever put in your mouth? Um, Careful. <laughs> tubes. Um, anything chocolate. I love anything chocolate. Yeah, me too. Okay. I yeah. once had a mate who bought five Real kilos too. of chocolate from Cadbury's when you used to be able to get the seconds. Ate it all in one sitting and then just... Up chocolate lava. People are having breakfast, Woody. Oh. All right, Trish, we'll put one aside for you here at number two, Melville Street on level one. You come up, drop your name at the uh, counter there and show some ID. Show some ID! <laughs> Same here from Alan's oh Rivulet. And uh, it's all yours. How's that sound? That's excellent. I actually, I'm a little concerned that we've run out. Um, I 
would love to get your review too, Trish, if you wouldn't mind giving us a call at some stage. No worries, I can do that. Sounds good, Trish. You got one. Done. It's Triple M Breakfast. Triple M Breakfast with Woody and Tubes. Text chat. Love getting your texts on 0488881073. Plenty coming in after our chat with Premier Jeremy Rockliffe. Mm. Rockliffe, rather. Didn't put it, need to put a T on the end of that. But someone has text in, Rockliffe, you are FOS. You are absolutely FOS if you think you are getting a stadium built by 2024. That comes from Ronald. That is what he said on the show yesterday, that he's expecting shovels in the ground. By 2024. Next year. I'm still waiting on a shed. I think that's been in eight years. Text come in here from Anonymous. Why don't those in the media start asking the hard questions about the AFL stadium and funding? And that is, what does footy look like underneath an AFL team? What happens to the TSL, SFL and other competitions? No one asks the questions and AFL has refused to give any direction about footy. They hide behind the 19th licence and so footy in this state continues to flounder. We continue to lose talented players to other state competitions because there is no direction. The current administration are extremely poor and give no hope for how footy will improve. What is the government's commitment to grassroots footy? How about investing in it rather than giving Hawthorne millions of dollars and increasing funding for an AFL team because you fear a licence wasn't going to get over the line? I'll tell you this, Anonymous. The AFL have come out and commit $36 million towards the AFL team, which includes a very strong structure of grassroots footy. What that looks like is still to come. I think what will happen, Woody, is that we'll have an AFL and an AFLW team. Underneath that, we'll have VFL and VFLW teams. And underneath that, we'll go back to regional footy. And I think that's a great way to be. Why is it good enough for North Melbourne and Hawthorne to play at our stadiums? But not if we get our own team. I don't understand that. Well, is that because they always give us terrible teams, like really far away teams, like the Gold Coast? Well, uh, look, I'm sure that I'm sure that this gentleman on the line, James from Berrydale, will give us an insight to what he thinks needs to be done. Good morning, James. Good morning, Andy. What can you tell us, James? Um. Just disappointed with the whole process and like two years ago we hosted AFL finals at Utah Stadium and when you look at, look at AFL football and Metricon Stadium the humidity, the ground skiddy, they play in Canberra where it snows, so why don't they roster the Tasmanian games during the day if that's an issue? Look, I, I agree with you, James. I think we've seen AFL finals hosted here at University of Tasmania Stadium over the last couple of years. Yes. I think we've been playing AFL football for over 20 years at York Park and Bell Reeve. Yes. I, I think the stadium, to me, being held as ransom over our head for our licence is a little frustrating. And I understand why the advocates are out there saying we need this stadium for economical growth. My frustration is, is now the time. But you know what? Is it even a discussion anymore? Because my impression with the Premier is it's happening regardless of what any of us think. You're a pretty switched on guy, James. What do you think? I'm concerned the longer it's delayed, the less less chance it'll happen. Um, I got all a few of the games in Launceston and obviously Bell Reef. Uh, very rarely do we feel the venue because of the teams we're playing. Mm. 
So I'm nearly of the opinion that if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Um, obviously, it'd be great for a lot of reasons, but why can't they play in the interim period at those grounds that are suitable um, and play during the day if, if it's an issue with the weather? Or the cold nights. Yeah, see, I don't think I don't think the weather's even that big an issue, James. We appreciate your call. One triple three five three is the number. You can call us about anything. You can text us, of course. Oh four double eight double eight one zero seven three. Question without notice. Yeah. Do you have a spare body bit? Me. Well, every, specifically anyone. me. My cousin, I think, was born with eleven toes. Really? Yeah, and that's pretty common. I think an extra toe. I don't is, know anyone that's had eleven toes. I think, as far as extra body parts go, a toe is an extra teeth. Extra teeth, you get extra teeth. All I'm the missing time. a tooth. So after I lost my baby teeth, one of one of them never came through. My adult teeth, but oh. had it come through, my whole mouth would have been disfigured. Right. So there's a story you can tell. Your kids? Extra. Yeah, so here you go. Every It's estimated that one in every 1,000 babies yeah. has an extra so toe and or fingers. Jeez, I wouldn't mind an extra finger. I've just, what would you do with an extra finger? Be able to mark a footy pretty well, I reckon. Do, do you not think it would get in the way? It, well, isn't finding Ian, a pair of gloves would be tough. Isn't Ian Thorpe such a good swimmer because he's got webbed feet? <laughs> he's isn't got that massive feet. You know, he's got big feet, but aren't they like webs? Like as though back in the caveman days when we used to... Caveman days? Yeah, when we used to swim and stuff, we'd have webbed fingers (laughs) and webbed feet. I you're thinking about like... um... Don't you dare say Spider-Man. It's not. (laughs) It's not. We were talking before before seven about a man that was growing... A willy. I wasn't going to say the actual word. On his forearm. He was growing it on his forearm. Rhea might be in a bit of trouble because she got a video up. And Did you put it on me. our socials? No, oh, good. Don't because it's it's fair dinkum. The things Rhea, producer Rhea googles. It's fair dinkum. It looks proper. We should go through her Google search history. He's got a willy grown on his arm with HR. <laughs> I'm sure that's not too far away. This is Woody and Tubes. Woody, I was driving the other day down Campbell Street. Yeah, and I got to the corner of Campbell and Macquarie. And it was quite a busy day. I got to the lights just as they went red. And it was peak hour traffic. So I was sitting there for quite some time and I watched a guy cross the road from the City Hall area there across to the car park, you know, the opposite opposite the Grand Chancellor there. He was walking his dog. His dog stopped on the little grassy knoll there to do its business. Mm-hmm. Number two. And I thought to myself, this is going to be interesting. It's peak hour traffic. There's a bloke here. Does he... Does he pick up his dog poo? He reached into his pocket, put his hand into a doggy doo bag, yeah. reached down, mm-hmm. and fake picked up the dog poo. Now he did not he did not he did not put his hand he had the bag on. He'd gone to all the trouble yeah. of literally doing the entire dog poo pickup except for the part where you pick it up. Why? Possibly would he have faked picking up the dog poo? That's pretty obvious. Just pick it up, mate. He doesn't want to get accosted for not picking up the dog poo, but he also doesn't want to carry the dog poo. There was a bin literally on the other side of the block. So the way he continued to walk, I wound down my window and it took everything you in didn't. me to not... Well, I wound down my window oh my and I was like thinking, what do I say? Go back and pick up your dog poo, mate. Or... 
I saw you fake pick up that dog poo, mate. That's weird. <laughs> it's not. I see this happen on the beach all the time. What? Yeah, I see it where uh, you've got... So it's down the peninsula. You have to kind of take your own doggy bags. I mean, that's another another story. There should mm. be them, some there. But anyway, I've seen people, after their dogs have relieved themselves, go down and pick up... It's a handful of sand. Nah. And so then when you tie nah. it and you're walking along the beach, it looks like you've been doing so the right thing. So that is so dumb. That is that's so dumb. That is fake picking up the dog poo to put... That's wasting a bag. That's wasting a bag. That's Why fake it? Just do it. Do you know what I think? I don't know if they've already invented this or not, but when I take Mr. Chunky Pants and my lady in my chocolate labs, brother and sister, to the dog park... I pick. I don't know why they always wait until they go there. They always wait, and within seconds they've they, gone, and then yeah. they'll go again and again. So I have to pick up a lot, right? But then I'm having to carry around my dog feces whilst they're going around sniffing each other's butts. If they like the smell of that so much, there should be something invented where you tie the doggy bag to the dog. Like, you can run around with your own poo around your own neck. Why am I the adult, supposedly adult and caregiver, why am I carrying around their poo? There's a business opportunity there, dog handbags, where they can carry around their own handbag full of their own crap. This is what always happens. I say it and then someone goes and does it. It's like that other idea I had, If the Shoe Fits, which is a shoe store where you can get different sized, because some people have a size 9 right foot and a size 8 left foot. So you could go and not feel discriminated against and you can get different sized shoes for your feet. Would you be interested, Hobart? One, triple, three, five. I'm a a hard no on that one. This is Woody and Tubes. It's triple M. We've got tickets for you to see the Proclaimers in just a couple of minutes. But the Margate train's for sale. Yeah, if anyone wants to help me buy it, I wouldn't mind a train. <laughs> Is it the, So it's the train and the land we established yeah, that, yeah. right? Yeah, and all the buildings on there. So the there's an antique store down I've there. Been there's in that. The, the carpet junction, the carpet shop down there, and all the carriages with the train as well that have the pancake parlour on there. That's my first ever dining experience with a banana. I'd never eaten a banana before I went down there to do the... Food challenge and ate hey, hey. six bananas in one sitting. And before that in my life, I think I was 35 when I did it. 35 years, zero bananas, one day, six. So wait, it, was a, it was a pack. Yes, yeah, so do I. I. I don't understand them. I just don't. I don't get them. I don't understand them. And neither does my mouth. But tubes. So it was $42 to enter the pancake. 42 bucks to have the pancake challenge. If you ate the pancakes within, I think, 45 minutes, you were... You got you got it for free, and I tell you, I I nearly got there, but because of the bananas, if there were no bananas in it, I I'd aced it. But producer, the bananas, there was six bananas. Our in there. resident vegan producer Rhea is almost <laughs> laughing so hard she snorted. What's so funny? I don't understand it. I don't. What? Do you understand bananas? Yes, I understand Why? bananas. What is it? They're bananas. Yeah, but that doesn't do it for You're me. You're just both so offended by them, and I think it's hilarious. They're, they're, they're the... such a non-offensive fruit. No. no. They're like they're coriander. Not, they're not my favourite. We but... don't... I like coriander, that's do fine. You? I like coriander, but I bananas for me, the texture just... It's like um, really thick snot. I just can't oh. believe how passionate you both are about this. No, bananas can get in the bin. <laughs> but Molly and Ray, my children, if you're listening, eat your bananas. I've put a poll up on our social media because I want to know if you're alone in this or whether Hobart likes oh, bananas too. That's great stuff, producer Rhea. <laughs>
That is It's crazy. already overwhelmingly for yes. It is really? not. Hobart likes bananas. People are voting on that? Yeah. <laughs> well, remember when bananas were like $17 a kilo? Oh, no thanks. That didn't bother me. You can't give them to me for free. No. Oh, bananas, it's just the texture, the consistency... You the, don't understand that? No. I don't get it. And they I don't like, get me. I don't get the affiliation or the fascination what, with bananas. We've got to get a move on. It's Triple M Breakfast. One of my mum's favourite bands, and I'm pretty sure your mum's favourite bands, the Proclaimers, are coming to Hobart Tuesday, March the 7th. That is next Tuesday, Woody, at the Odeon Theatre. We are joined by one of the lead singers from the Proclaimers. Great to talk to you, Charlie. Now, these guys, of course, are famous for the songs I'm Going to Be 500 Miles, I'm On My Way, Sunshine on Leith, in their 12th studio album, which was released late last year. Charlie, what is it like to be back in Tasmania? It's fantastic. We were in Tasmania a number of years ago, really enjoyed it. So this is our uh, coming back, particularly after covid where it was, you know, everything was down for a couple of years. And people, I think of our generation, a lot of people wondered if they'd ever tour again, if things didn't improve. So the fact that we go back touring England, Scotland, Ireland last year, and then we're back in, in Oz is just fantastic. So coming back to Hobart will be fantastic. Oh, your hits are some of the greatest of all time. And Tubes and I are lucky enough that we get to play so many of the 80s and 90s and all the best decades. It's a staple in any pub that you go to that you'll hear one of your songs. Yeah. How do you feel? Did you ever think the longevity was there for, for no, some of those didn't. songs? We didn't. I mean, basically, we, we started off uh, just playing uh, as a duo just for the guitar and, and, a, and a tambourine. And then the second album was only when we be involved a band, Sunshine and Leith. So for us, it was all new. And when we came here, when we came to Oz in 89, that was the biggest success we ever had anywhere, really, commercially. So it all happened. After nothing happening for a number of years, it all happened very quickly. And then uh, since then, we've just tried to write new material. We've, we've, we've had 12 studio albums and just tour consistently, particularly since the start of this century. We've been, it's been consistent. And the only, the only break we had, really, was COVID, but that was the same for everybody else. It's incredible. Like, to have that longevity, it, it obviously speaks volumes. Now, I am going to be taking my mum to this concert of yours. Yes. Do you find they get naughtier the older they get? Because <laughs> I can't guarantee, one, that she'll be wearing a bra, or two, that she won't throw it on stage. I've found that it's not just in proclaiming audiences with uh, women that they get naughtier as they get older. They definitely do, generally. <laughs> and uh, some of the inhibitions come down. I'm not. I'm not wanting to cast aspersions on you or your mother, but you know, take a look at your mum, take a look at her general demeanour, and think that's going to be me in 25 years. And it's a beautiful it's, thing. I think it's kind of me now. That's a sad thing. <laughs> Charlie, we've, my uh, family have been listening to the Proclaimers since my mum actually came over to Scotland in 1987. Her family are from yeah. over there, and she brought back. I'm pretty confident. The first ever tape back in 1987. That was my introduction to the Proclaimers. I can't wait to see you. You can get tickets. Head along to theproclaimerstour.com.au. Tickets are on sale right now. Charlie Reed from the Proclaimers. Can't wait to see you in Hobart. Thanks so much for joining us on Triple M Breakfast with Woody and Tubes. Thanks for the interview. And thank you so much for the tickets that you've given us to give away too on 13353. Do you think we should ask... How has an older person in your life misbehaved? <laughs>
yeah, that sounds pretty good. And Great. whoever comes up with the most d- dodgy answer gets the tickets. Love right. it. There we go. <laughs> Thanks, it's Charlie. You. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Simone in Glenlusk. Good morning. Good morning, Woody and Chief. In our chat that we just had, we just spoke with the proclaimers. They were talking about obviously they're genera- like they've been going for generations and generations. And the older people are at their concerts, the more they misbehave. Yeah. Simone, have you got someone older in your life that misbehaves? Well, I did. You she's did. No longer- <laughs> 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 she's no longer with us, unfortunately, but she certainly misbehaved at my wedding. That's for sure. <laughs> what happened at your oh. wedding, Simone? Oh, this is, I shouldn't actually really be, be um, saying this story, especially on radio, but it was my mum, mother of the bride, and we all had a little bit too much champagne, and when we got out to the car park, she started vomiting in the gutter, oh. long breath, and I was holding her hair up oh. so she wouldn't get her vomiting. Oh, you're a good daughter and you deserve a double pass oh. to go and see the proclaimers. Well done. You've I've, got a double pass just I've like that. I've hung out with a lot of much older people, 40 years or so older, that have had a couple and then they put lampshades on their heads. I'm not sure why that always happens. Have you seen that? You oh. need to party with older people more. <laughs> Terry in Glenorchy, good morning. Good day, guys. How are you? you got a story of uh, an older generational person behaving badly? I do. It was my... Um then she's 88 now but she started having mobility issues about 15 years ago and she she sent me down to the shop to buy the sunday paper and she said now pinch out another tv guide of another paper and put it in the paper so only vera can get one as well said, <laughs> oh my god i said man that's stealing oh said, that'll be god. all right that'll be so all I right i paid my juice <laughs> i'm telling two you papers I'm uh, with you, Terry. Saying, My mum's out all night. I don't know when she's coming home, and I always say, what time's this, <laughs> Terry? You you start to become the adult, right? That's right. Unbelievable. <laughs> Good on you, Terry. A double pass is all yours to go and see the Proclaimers. They play at the Odeon Theatre next Tuesday. You can get your tickets at theproclaimerstour.com.au. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Knocking off a TV guy. Oh, my. <laughs> this is Woody and Tubes. It's triple Speaking earlier of older people behaving badly, <laughs> shout out to my mum. Hello, Liz. It's her birthday today. Is it? And she would think I'd forget, as if not no, as you've... long as I've got Facebook, I won't. I <laughs> acted like I didn't know, but you've been talking about it all morning. You wanted to do it at this time of morning because you know this is when most people listen. Absolutely. That and is you why. Wanted, you wanted to give your mum a massive birthday yep. shout out. Happy birthday, Liz. Put a bra on. Don't don't feel like you have to. It's your day, Liz. You do whatever you want. Our state's best on show. Triple, triple M Breakfast with Woody and Tubes. Tassie Trivia. Powered by Creative Modular Homes. Fast, fabulous, affordable. We're playing for $300 right now, Tubes. It will be given away. Jess is our carryover champ from Mornington. Good morning, Jess. Good morning. Can you test your buzzer, please, Jess? Yes. Excellent. And Mick in South Farm is her counterpart. Good morning, Mick. How are you? Can you test your buzzer, Mick? Mick. This is for $300 cash. No pressure at all. No pressure. Here we go. Question number one. Your names are your buzzers, of course. What, in what year, was Cadbury founded in Hobart? Was it A, 1987, B, 1921? Mick. Jess. 1921. Nice, Jess. Jess, she's back. You'd be a little bit nervous, wouldn't you, Jess? 
Yeah. yeah. It's always so a great time. She can't even speak. <laughs> <laughs> Question number two. What is the name of the Hobart Market held over summer at Long Beach and the Brook Street Pier? Is it A, Hobart Twilight Market, B, Mick? Mick. Hobart Twilight Market. Oh, we got a tiebreaker here. It all comes down to this. This is it. $300 on the line. 300 bucks. What is the name of the motor racing circuit located at 473 Baskerville Road, old Jess. Jess. Baskerville Raceway. Oh my! Oh, gosh, Jess. Jess, she's done it again. Out of nowhere, just like that, Jess, you've secured yourself three hundred dollars wow. cash thanks to Creative Modular Homes. Fast, fabulous, affordable. <laughs> Are you going to come back for four hundred, Jess? No. Ah. <laughs> What are you going to do with the cash, Jess? Wow. Not sure. Um, I might double my money and chuck it on number 69 on Keynote. Oh, don't be silly. If you put it all on 69, <laughs> it's more than that. It's more than doubling it if you do that. Yeah, That's crazy, Jess. That's crazy. Just make sure you promise me one thing, Jess. Yeah. You're going to treat yourself. Yeah, definitely. Well done. <laughs> We love your text coming through on 0488-88-1073. This one comes from Frank and Old Beach. Hey, Tubes, when the stadium is built, you watch all the haters wanting all the best seats. Thanks for your text, Frank. When we spoke to the Premier, he was saying that they might turn soil next year. Yep. God, that's quick. I'm still, I said this earlier, I'm still waiting for... Approval for my shed. We had our listener, James, call in before saying that he thinks we should be able to use the current two stadiums in the interim and deal with some of the major issues and work towards a fresh facility. No one will ask the tough questions as they are all lining up to work in the media department of the new club. Don't want to upset the uppercut. Thank you for your text, James, who also called in. I'm not. I'm not. I'll, you send me a question, I'll ask it. Yeah. Same. We've got uh, Alastair Clarkson. He's actually going to join us tomorrow, the new North Melbourne coach. He travelled the world last year looking at stadiums. And so we're going to hear what he has to report back about that. <laughs> what? No, what are you laughing at? No. Why I'm is looking that funny? Forward, I'm looking forward to talking to him. Uh, Daniel texts in. I think Hi, Daniel. That's, I think it might be an, a pseudonym. Hi, Tubes. Listening to you as a president of an SFL club and a committee member of a junior club, the money does not filter to grassroots and it stops at the TSL. Basketball and soccer are becoming the preferred sports for kids for a number of reasons. AFL Taz need to come out with a clear direction for the sport and right now no one knows what the options are. Thank you, Daniel, for your text. Basketball's definitely having a resurgence with the Jackies. Absolutely. Absolutely is. Uh... Matt in New Norfolk says, do you realise that bananas are actually closer to a herb than a fruit? Is that right? Can we Google that, Producer Ed? We, uh... I, I just don't understand bananas. I don't understand them. I don't understand the taste, the texture, and... They're just pretty bad. They serve them. So the Margate train's up for sale, and they used to do a pancake 
competition where it's $42, wasn't it? Six pancakes and six bananas. If you could eat it all within an hour, you got it free. Yeah, yeah. And I'd eaten zero bananas before that and then ate six in a day. So your first banana was, was at 30, covered in chocolate. Was at 35. Yeah. My first banana was at age 35. So isn't that strange? Is there a food you've never put in your mouth, Hobart? One, two, three, five, three. Tasted, yeah. Do you know one of um? He's kind of our friend, but he has never sipped coke. Really? Ever? Ever? Apparently, it's actually a, a herb distantly related to ginger, since the plant has a succulent tree stem instead of a wood one. Okay, there you go. So it is like a herb. I can't understand. See, this is why I don't understand them even more now. Because what are you? Like, it's, I've never seen a herb that's thick like that with that. Cons- well, I don't understand that. You wouldn't be putting that in a bolognese. Erin in North Hobart has texted through, bad dog owners give good dog, dog owners a bad name. I often struggle with my dog and a pram and two children on footpaths around Hobart. I can still pick up a dog poo and find a bin to put it in. Some people are just S dot dot T humans. Truly. That comes off me seeing witnessing a bloke mm. literally put his hand in his pocket, pull out a doggy bag to pick up his dog that pooed on a main road in Hobart, reach down and fake pick up he did the, the dog fake, poo. Fake pick up. I see it at the beach all the time. People are actually just carrying around sand in their doggy bags. Just keep walking, mate. I said, let's get something where the dogs can carry their own poo. It's not about carrying it. Just pick what? it up. Well, then you pick carry it, it. This is Woody and Tubes. Producer Rhea watched four seasons of Dawson's Creek. That's excessive. Uh, it's things excessive, are starting to. But you to... know what? This is how, when you know your age. She didn't watch them when they went live to TV <laughs> because she's too young she for that. She wasn't born. Aren't you? She wasn't born then. <laughs> I am. No, I was born. I was just not. I was seven. Yeah. <laughs> do they still? Is it still my memory? Because I watched an episode of Ally McBeal the other day. Do you know Ally McBeal? I do. I wasn't allowed to watch that. Though. I had to go to bed before oh. Mum would put that on. Oh my god! <laughs> is, is it, we are turning into old people. You know, Dawson's Creek. They used to speak like Harvard graduates. Like, they do, but it, they tackle some pretty serious issues. That still stands the test of time. A lot of those really? 90s shows don't, but this one's not so bad. Oh, I really I didn't like that. the big words. Why do we have big words in the English language? We can that, all expand our vocabulary a little no, bit. No. Like why? It's like when you go out for dinner. When you go out for dinner, and they use all these fancy words, it's just bacon. Let's just put bacon down there. Yeah, let's just write down what we understand. Should be simple. Absolutely, I agree with you there. I just don't understand why we have big words. Anyway, give me a menu with pictures on it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what I'm going to get. It's triple M breakfast. Producer Rhea put a poll up earlier, didn't you? Yeah, um, we're covering the really serious issues mm. today, guys, aren't we? Yep. Well, I just said... Bananas a, are crap, is no. what, what we're saying. <laughs> no, I just didn't understand them. I, I don't understand bananas, and What's then we've actually... understand? Well, why they exist? Well, they... <laughs> For a start. Don't, don't, don't get existential. And what are here. they? Because they're, we've learnt this morning they're a herb. They're more you like a herb. monkey mates. Um, <laughs> That's funny. You talk about no, monkeys all like the time. Monkeys. I love monkeys. Yeah. Some people have said I look a little bit like a monkey. What's the update on the Hobart poll? overwhelmingly likes bananas. Oh, disappointing. Well, I get it. I, look, they are a very popular how do, herb. How do you change? <laughs> but how do they charge so much for these bananas? Well, like, they're, they're fine. Look, I just don't like them. They're not for me. No, thank you. 
They, Carolyn says, yuck, totally agree. Woody and Tube's worst mm. fruit ever. Thanks, Caitlin Carol. says, don't even get me started. Oh, really, yeah. Uh, Craig says he can't eat them, but he likes them in smoothies. He can't yeah, eat see, Yeah, if they're hidden, like I could probably do banana bread. Yeah. But then have you seen the bananas that go into banana bread? They are just yeah, one step. they've got step, to be a little bit squishy. Not a little bit. They're one step away from mouldy. That's what they are. <laughs> Big piles of snot. It's like you just got one of those machines that you have for kids to clear noses. And you've tipped oh, it gross. into bread. Yeah, what? gross. It is gross. Well, that was good. Yes. So Alastair Clarkson will be joining us. Tomorrow. If you, But then it depends when you're listening to this. No, don't Anyway, are you that. just putting a fisherman's friends in your mouth? Don't no, eat on air. It's really tacky. No, Ugh. it is gross. <laughs> um, We've got cash to give away. Cash money. Text 0488881073. What else do we usually do in this spot? Well, no one really listens, do you? Yeah, you... No, no, hello. If you listen, text Passion Fruit yeah. and we'll give you a chance at 100 bucks tomorrow yeah. on Tassie Trivia. If someone texts Passion Fruit, I'm just going to, the first person to do so, if anyone does, I'm going to give them the meat tray. The actual meat the tray. Friday $100 meat tray. worth of meat. Text Thanks. Passion Fruit. When you think meat, do you just think, wow, Robbo? We'll catch you tomorrow. Wow, Robbo. Woody and Tubes. Weekdays on Triple M and anywhere on the listener app. It's Triple M.